Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by the Sultan of Steel, Nick Sutherland from MindFit. Nico, how are you, mate? You've got your... Uh, What's that hat? You feel like you should be smoking on a pipe, sitting on a rocking chair, a few kids around you, regaling them with a story of old. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> this is this is my what kind of story? Life. What kind of story would you tell the kids as they were gathered around? Uh, uh, it'll be a story of of two men going to the Gold Coast. Well, with, I could keep going with hopes and dreams and goals, stars in their eyes. Uh, Stars in their eyes, and it's an epic journey, a saga, a tale of of triumph and adversity, and 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 then and then not quite triumph. So it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Are you talking about like if this was a movie, this would kind of be like the the Titanic or the, or the Romeo and Juliet of a golf trip movie. Yeah, there's no there's no um, room on the floating door for for you or I. No, we both drowned. <laughs> <laughs> we we were in the band. We were, we were in the band as the as the ship went down. Yeah, no, so. we we uh, well, listeners would have heard the the Matty Pitt episode um, that we recorded while we were there, and that was halfway through the the four round event. So I'd won the first round, Hassad won the second, and we're flying high. And then um, yeah, I, I played well the third. Well, we both played well the third round, and so yeah, with one round to go, we were we were sort of sailing in, and um, and then the 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 top four. In the rankings, you, me, and a couple of other blokes um, played together. At, at a, it was a tough course. She was tight. She was tight it was. Course. It was. Yeah, it was. And um, and yeah, we uh, I'll make the Steve Bradbury and just sort of you and I started tripping over each other, and he slid up the inside and took the win. Yeah, well, we, we were pretty flat, weren't we? In the in the post, we were, I'm still. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> My, my ego still is blaming your back for the whole thing. But, yeah, so so um, is that my ego is blaming my back as well. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan and I, obviously, we we're leading the team event as well. And um, so we were three from three. We were first and second, and then our, our team was winning. And, yeah, we are on a high. And then and I turned up to that round thinking, all right, it's going to be Hass and I sort of battling it out. And then, um, yeah, you started dropping to the ground like he'd just been shot by a sniper. Oh, and, um, uh, wasn't that dramatic, was it? No, no it was very dramatic. It yeah, was, I think it was, it wasn't was, it? It was, it was high drama. It was high yeah. drama. Yeah. So no, I, 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 we got to the course. It wasn't through a lack of uh, preparation. We got there and warmed up, and then something happened in the warm up. I felt great hitting the ball good, and then we had about what twenty minutes, half an hour till the tea time. I was grabbing an egg and bacon sandwich and talking to a few people and. Whilst I was walking around, I'm like, oh, no, what's this? And then uh, a few swings out there and, uh, yeah, and the back went, which, you know, I've had many back issues in the past, but it's been fantastic for over a year now. So mm. uh, it is what it is. And then, you know, Nick lost his, you know, way a bit because he saw his main rival there in me was just not barely able yeah. to swing the club. And 
And there you go. But all in all, we had a fantastic week, didn't we? We did. I, I lost by a shot. So uh, I, missed, I missed the birdie putt on 18. You made yours, which was fantastic. But it was fruitless, pretty much. But um, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I slid mine past and uh, yeah, left by a stroke. So they uh, say so, so you're going to lose one to win one. So that's that's the one I've lost, and we're going back next year. So and Nick better. and I are just going to be fueled by vengeance for the next twelve months <laughs> until we I'm get gonna, back. I'm going to I'm going to hold on to this. Um, time's not going to heal this wound. This yeah, forget. Uh, Forget everything that we've said on all the episodes of this podcast. Yeah. We're going to fly in the, the face of that. We are going to be reactive. We are going to hold on to anger and hatred. We're going to let vengeance fuel us. We're not going to be equanimous. We're going to be definitely attached to an outcome. And I our am, whole the keys of our happiness are in the hands of that outcome. I am I am switching off my emotional intelligence for the next 12 months. Oh, great. Um <laughs> <laughs> Just give it a rest. Imagine that. Imagine if you got bitter and twisted and getting real angry. Oh, that'd be funny. So yeah, that was that was a great time. But I I do have some something to share. We um, we released the podcast, and I had an email from um, an SGA member. Is this, from, uh, um, is this this sorry so last week's episode? So for those who haven't listened, I've jumped yeah. on during our yeah. golf trip up on the Gold Coast last week. We had uh, Social Golf Australia founder Maddie Pitt, who's been on the show before, um, maybe an episode in the 30s, which we highly recommend. We've got so much good feedback about that episode. Um, so we had him on last week to talk about things, and, and you've got an email. Yes, uh, from James. So shout out to James for getting in touch. Uh, the subject is. Keep doing what you do. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks and good on you fellas for putting this together. I just listened to your latest podcast as I am an SGA member and can truly relate to what was discussed. It was great to reflect on how I can be better and even more grateful for what I have. So uh, I said a couple of other nice things as well, but um, thanks, James, for, for reaching out and giving that to us. Yeah, and thanks, mate. Like I just hear that you took something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all warm and fuzzy when I hear that kind of thing. It's uh, yeah. it, it's great. You know, you never know in any of the work you do, but especially a podcast as well because, you know, I've listened to like, you know, so many podcasts. I've never like really thought about reaching out to who I'm listening to and that kind of thing. But some of what I've heard has had such a profound impact on me and definitely shaped who I am as a human. I had a client during the week. Um, I'm, I'm keen to get her on as a guest actually. Um, because her transformation is, has been um, amazing. Uh, and she she was listening to, what's that, Hugh Van Kylenberg's podcast. He does one. Um, I'm sure. The, the, the dude from the, um, anyway. Um, and she was listening to, to their podcast and they get great guests on that. But she could, this is this is where she's she's uh, evolved to. She's listening to this, and she can hear the distortion. She can hear the black and white thinking. She can hear the oh, this should have happened, that should have, we shouldn't have done. It. And she's sitting there. She said, "I just want to reach out to them and say, uh, I think it'd be great for you guys to get Nick on as a guest because she said they've they've got such a big audience and they." Uh, they're influencing so many people, but they're doing it with with this language that's, that's not beneficial. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, and I was just like, oh, well, I said, well, feel free to send them the email. I'd be happy to go on there. But, yeah, but it was just, it was just that reaching out to to the, the podcast people. It's like, do it. Send them an email. Come an email and tell them what you, what you think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, like, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. I remember reaching out when we first started the centre. I reached out to Gabor Mate and a bunch of others and, I think he replied to me. I didn't get much back, but he replied to me. And it's like, you know, you, you never know who's going to write back. I remember like uh, uh, Matt now, who I've worked very closely with for years, and we run these courses together and everything. And a lot of people are like, well, how did you guys meet? And it's like he literally was sort of in the early stages of starting his practice and everything, and he must have been reaching out to different rehabs and whatnot. And he just sent me an email just saying, hey, this is me. This is my story. This is what I'm doing. And I would get quite a few of those. And I would always reply to them. I'm like, oh, that's so good. You know, keep keep doing what you're doing. And then for whatever reason, I'm like, um, cool. And I'm like, hey, whereabouts are your base? We should like catch up for a coffee. You know, I didn't, oh, it was just sort of weird. Then obviously we catch up for a coffee. And then I think he came on my podcast at the time. Then over time, this thing evolves that we've created now with all these students all around the world. And it's like, it all started from this, like him having the guts to just reach out and send an email. And you never do know where it's going to lead, you know, and you're never going to, you know, you're either not going to get a response or you might get something back and it's really valuable to your life. You're not going to, people aren't going to reply and go, oh, fuck off, you know, stop contacting me. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's what, maybe what we think is going to happen, but it's worth a shot. Shoot for the stars. And if you miss them, at least you'll be up there somewhere. Well, I don't, I don't know it's like when we, when like we first connected and we had this mutual uh, our person that we knew. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you've got to, you've just got to bloody meet Nick and hang out. The amount of times that people told me, oh, you've got to meet so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, whatever, <laughs> you know, and I took it with a grain of salt or I met them. And I'm like, why the fuck do I need to meet this dude? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then, you know, we we caught up for a coffee, you know, down in Mornington. And then I remember having a coffee and I kind of remember going, I don't know if I'll ever see that guy again. You know, he was great. I had a great chat with him and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, this... You know, I don't know if it's fate or destiny or the the Dharma, but things just start to unfold and happen, and we're this active participant in that. And then it all just unfolds in front of you. Um, I saw this uh, this this I don't know what you call it. Uh, I read this and and really loved it. Utopia is on the horizon. I move two steps closer. It moves two steps further away. As much as I may walk, I'll never reach it. So what's the point of utopia? The point is this, to keep walking. Yeah. That's and, beautiful. And it, it, was, it was amazing because, you know, the, the three toxic beliefs we talk about in the MindFit program, one of those is oh, I must be perfect and, and everything must be perfect and we live in this utopian world and it's such a, a human trap to fall into is desiring it all to, to be amazing but it's um it's unreachable and thankfully so it'd be horrendous if we ever finally reached utopia um, and i think and i think both both things are deleterious to our experience as being a human being yes if we reach utopia and we have spoken about this before but it's like we lived in a world where no one critiqued us, everyone loved us, everything came to us easy and there was no challenge. We'd go insane very quickly. And the other side of that is people like, well, if I'm always going to be two steps behind and never going to reach it, then I'll give up the pursuit. 
of of this utopia and then welcome to existentialism yeah welcome to nihilism and existentialism yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and 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 i've i've spent periods there you know when i have sort of been through this journey not even so much when i was a a drug addict or that kind of thing but even after that and i would go through these periods of sort of looking at religion and god and then dismissing that and then seeing that where does the blip on the radar here for the blink of an eye in the scheme of the universe and nothing inherently has any meaning. And then you look at that rationally and logically and go, yeah, that makes sense. But then if you live that, it's a terrible existence. It's like, yeah. I can't find any value in anything. Then there's no motivation to engage with life. And it's, it's a really tough path. I've been listening to a lot of Ram Dass lately. I've been been driving you know, from lately the last Gold couple Coast. of years, mate. It's been a while. <laughs> well, weirdly, I'm only up to episode sixty seven or something on the Being oh. Now podcast. So because okay. because I, I I I need to digest it slowly. I need to sit with it. And, um, but he was speaking on on one the other day about um, you need to sit with yeah. you, Ram Dass. <laughs> I was trying to hold such that a, in so bad. I was trying to hold that in te- so you're bad. You're such a teenager sometimes. Yeah, know. I know. I know. It's the best. Keep going. <laughs> so Keep going. Uh, and it, made me, it, it led me to think. It didn't make me think. It led me to think. It stimulated some thinking around this hilarious paradox where, you know how we say, we call this woke blokes and, and um, talk about, being conscious and and uh, and aware and awake and whatever. So, and when Stu came on, mate Stu came on the podcast. He spoke about old Nick and new Nick, and old Nick had the blindfold on and <clears throat> it was just you know yeah yeah yeah, and then new Nick had the blindfold off. And so, if you look at it that way, people with the blindfold on are free from they're free you can see them they're just like ah, yeah yeah just they're free from the responsibility of, of doing the work and and um they're free to be mindless in in their way of going about their earthly lives and and it looks fun and you're like and <clears throat> I, I used to go oh, i wish i could put the blindfold back on i wish i could just yeah, just just take a take a holiday, take a break from this. But that lasts like two seconds and goes away. But then on the other hand, those with the blindfold off are free from well, they're free to be mindful. They're free to experience things on a deeper level, I think. So for me it's sort of blindfold on, more surface level, blindfold off. Um, a lot deeper uh, and having having these more profound experiences. Neither's right or wrong. No one should or shouldn't be in any of those places or positions. Everyone's on their own journey. But but it's it was just it just brought to mind this hilarious paradox. They're both free, but in such contrasting ways. Yeah, hundred percent. And you're right when the blindfold comes off because I've had moments as well where I'm like. I want that thing back on. Like, this is this is too hard. I'm so I'm so aware of my own bullshit and other people's bullshit. <laughs> this is terrible. But it's like you know, it's like when you're you're seeing through the matrix. You know, it's like you can't kind of go back. It's like once I know I'm in the matrix, that it's like I can't just pretend that I'm not anymore. And you're right. It's a um, you are free to experience things at a much uh, deeper level. But I've sort of found 
in my balance as well, you spoke about me being an immature teenager at times, is that I've kind of found the I'm trying to I'm still trying to find it, but it's like this balance as well. Or even though let's say the blindfolds off and you see things very deeply and you start to like see, let's say, some more, you know, universal truths and how things work, but they're not taking that too seriously. Cause that's where I got into a bit of a problem. Everything became a little bit too serious in that like that's everything very common. Was- that's that's very common in Buddhism that there's a um people start becoming apathetic because they have gone from one end of the spectrum to the other. They've gone from caring so deeply about everything is so important to then learning about this concept of surrendering and letting go. And so they do that, but in a way that makes them you know, they talk about detachment, but they, they do it um in a way that creates that that disconnect where what we're what we're detaching from is our desires for things to be different we still want to be here and connected and engaged and feel and and part of it all but without riding the the roller coaster so much yeah 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 it's like i still think about this every day but it's like you know what why am i here as a human being what is it to be human all that kind of stuff and these deep questions but then I've realized that the actual good stuff is like, you know, the moments where I'm hugging Melissa or spending time with my son or when me and you are up on a golf trick making stupid jokes and pissing ourselves laughing. Like they're, they're the beautiful moments in life. You know, it's cool to think about the bigger stuff and all this existential stuff and, and it should be thought about, I think, but um, not at the expense of the human moments which make up our life as a human being. Well, it takes me to the Trevor Hendy episode where, you know, he said I'm a, I used to think I was a human being having a spiritual experience, but now I'm a spirit having a human experience. Um, and that's the game to play. It's it's like uh, I was I was literally thinking about this yesterday. I, I, I get I get a little frustrated sometimes in, in being a human and and everything that comes out. Like, oh, really? Do I have to deal with a builder today? I just want to sit and just experience the peace that's going on and just be in, in the, you know, it's sort of, um, and then I laugh and I'm like, oh, no, being, being human is, is, is the, is the, the lesson. It's the learning. It's the curriculum. Um, Ram Dass spent many a year trying to escape the curriculum and escape being human and just get high and stay high. So yeah, it's about that for me. It's a constant acceptance that I do have to pay bills and, you know, deal with all this little surface level stuff you know and there's part of me that would just much prefer to sit in the in the depth of it all but um you got to play you Nick. Need to, you got to play yeah. that character and I, I love the character of nick i love uh, I, I do and, and and it's thoroughly enjoyable but it's also too dramatic for my consciousness as well sometimes you know yeah. Really got this, and I got to build a fire trailer, and I got to do this, and you know, it just seems <laughs> a lot of it seems unnecessary for my soul evolution. But then I've got to go. It's exactly what I need for my soul evolution. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting when you say that, and I think we've spoken about something similar before, like how we have very, uh, we share a lot of the same views, but have kind of opposing natures, you know, to a degree. And so when I think about that, like my consciousness or my soul. It's like, <laughs> like I get bored. Hang on, and should, should hear this voice inside. <laughs> I'm gonna let it out. It's like, well, I was never a smackhead. 
See what I mean? Oppo- opposing natures. <laughs> and you're like, well, I, well, at least I could open the fucking door and walk outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It, was, it was so interesting just to hear that voice pop up and it's like, can I, can I? I'm like, nah, nah. And I'm like, oh, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is good. <laughs> Oh God! Oh God! See, you know, when I go to open the door and leave the room, we're like, yeah, I think it's struggle with this. The freedom! Yeah. <laughs> um, so long, sucker. So my, uh, so then my, what it feels like now is my consciousness or my soul. It's like my lesson's a bit different. So my lesson is like, hey, go and sit outside for a while and observe things and what's happening and that because I'm. I can easily get involved in the doing. That's so easy for me. You know, it's like, oh, there's another project to do. This is happening and that's happening. It's like no problem at all. But that's slowing down, which comes more naturally to you. And the other side of it is your schooling or your curriculum. Mine's kind of the the inverse of that. Yeah, and I'm very – my nature is is very connected with just being. So I need to – sort of ramp up in the doing side of things and and that's why i think that's why your business is where it is and mine is where it is if you look at it from that perspective because it's in your nature to go yep i'm happy just to sit here and and be and just exist and 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 feel very content and fulfilled in that um whilst there's another part of me going oh we're gonna do remember we're gonna get this out to the world and help reduce suffering and i'm like Oh, yeah, okay, all right, let's yeah. go. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? It's like both, you know, because for me, yeah, my what my mind says, it's like, hey, you're, you're living here for X amount of years, let's do fucking as much as possible, you know, and then package it together. But that's bo- both of our natures, I think, or both of our souls, let's say, that energy is trying to move towards seeking balance, but it's just balancing out in different directions. It'd be great to learn... If for those that want to play around with the idea of um, reincarnation, it'd be, it'd be great to learn what number incarnation this is for the both of us and you know, how many times have we been here before. But I feel for me, I think the being is, uh, is I'm trying to reduce. I'm, uh, Ram Dass spoke about this this beautiful um, story yesterday and he, he said the, there was a king and he had this butcher and and the butcher didn't have to sharpen his knife. Uh, never had to sharpen his knife. It was always sharp. And the king said, butcher, how do you do it? How do you work in a way that it, it's been 19 years? You've never had to sharpen any knife. And he said, well, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just I, I, I am with it. It's, it's, it's just he never, the, the knife never went into the bone. It went around the bone and it was sort of, no, that's sort of here. So there was no butcher. There was no meat. There was no knife. There was, there was awareness that those things were there, but they were all the one thing. Uh, and then he had a, a, a music stand maker, and, and he said to the music, you make the most exquisite music stands. How how do you do this? And he said, well, I spend the first five days fasting to forget that I'm working for a king, and then I spend the next five days fasting to forget that I'm a music stand maker. 
and then I'm stumbling through the woods and I happen across a tree and I find it in a music stand. And so all I have to do is discard all the stuff around it. And and so he's, he's not – it's about removing what's not necessary or the impurities or whatever to reveal what's there. And, and I find that's my ongoing – a tug, uh, there's this tugging towards just, you know, let it all go, just wander off, just go and sit somewhere and and have people come and chat to you and have people wander off. And, and that's so attractive uh, to on a soul level to me. But then the human aspect of me is like, no, got to get up, got to feed the dogs, got to go to this, got to sit on the pot, got to go and create this content, got to write policies and procedures, and got to interact with clients and so yeah, there's, there's, it's that that interesting, and I have to very mindfully shift out of one into the other. It's like I could so imagine you, you know, Eckhart Tolle, and when he had his, you know, big awakening or whatnot, and he like lived on a park bench, I don't know, for like six months or something, and he just sit there and just observe, and then someone would sit next to him, some might talk to him, he'd talk to him, and they'd go away. I could imagine you doing that easily. Rob just spoke about another Look, Forrest Gump. This. Remember Forrest Gump? People <laughs> come and sit next to him and tell stories. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Oh, thank you, Jenna. He, um, he's, he, this other story he spoke about, um, as quickly, there was a, a, a rabbi um, in Russia and there was the Cossacks with the police and and the rabbi was going for a walk and, and this big Cossack was like, where are you going, Jew? Where are you going? He's, he's like, oh, wherever God takes me. And, and the, the Cossack was like, ah, oh, being a wise guy, huh? being a smart ass, right, you're going to jail. Come with me. And then the uh, and the wife came down to jail to to get him out and pay the money or whatever. And she said, why are you being a wise guy? He said, I, I wasn't. I just said, uh, he asked me where I'm going. I said, wherever God takes me. I, I couldn't imagine I was going to jail. And that's, <laughs> it was just this, I'm going wherever I'm meant to be. I'm going wherever wherever I end up. There's no strive or struggle. It's just, uh, yeah. And it's so interesting, isn't it, that, that that kind of shows that society views that as something very odd and very strange. Um I remember I went and saw this shaman once. Um, <laughs> a funny story got recommended to me. Dude, like, lives in suburbia in this house, and he has the like the demeanor and the look of like someone who's like middle management at a bank or something. But then he opens the door in full like shaman gear, and he has anyway this whole room with this you know shaman stuff. But yeah, he was telling me that he uh, many years ago kind of had this, you know, what society would term as a psychotic break. But he just suddenly just snapped and just sort of went, oh, I don't need anything. I literally don't need anything. And he just lived on the streets in Melbourne um, just telling people that he loved them. And, you know, if they're open to having a hug, he'd go and just give people a hug. And he did that for like a year or something. And um, yeah. he, he said he, he got put in jail. Like he can't even remember how many times because people were like, oh, this dude saying he loves me and, and offering to give me a hug and just kept getting put in jail. Goes, I got punched and beaten up like a whole bunch of times. And then after like a year or so, he was like, okay, I meant to, I think, come back to reality, you know, as much as I yeah, can yeah, yeah. and and serve people in, in a different way. 
Well, that's uh, yeah, reintegrate, and that's that's where I landed a few years ago. It's, it's that no, I'm. I feel I'm needed here as a bridge between that unawakened model and just sort of getting people into contact with that softly uh, and a little bit. Um, but I, it was funny you mentioned that story because yesterday again I, I was thinking about. Um, the aversions we have to to things that are different, and if if somebody if somebody is is outside the norm, uh, and society the norm deems them as being psychotic or in psychosis or whatever, imagine someone going to to court and defending themselves, and he says, "Well, why can't I exist on a different plane to you? Why can't I?" Uh, why do you fear me existing on a plane where I'm fully conscious and aware? Uh, why do you need to throw this label of psychosis at me? Uh, and and this, because it suits you, it helps you to put me into perspective. But it doesn't help me. It doesn't. It's no. all for you. It's not for me. No, because you stop doing what you're told. You know, and it's like, and maybe, and and this is. I, I've met people with genuine psychosis who, who need help and need to be taken away yeah, somewhere yeah, and helped. Yeah, yeah. But then what we're talking about, and I've seen it so many times, is just people that have are living in a different plane of reality, like you say, and it's uh, outside of the frameworks that most of society has and that we're told. And so it's seen as in some way not right, not okay. And that's because it's like, hey, I don't want to now, you know, sign up and have this mortgage and pay taxes. I'm happy to live on the street and and act differently. I'm not going to do what I'm told. And then it's kind of like, well, from a like, you know, bigger point of view, they don't want too many people like that, <laughs> you know, because that might all of a sudden become attractive to people. And that's why people do want to, you know, disconnect and, and live off the grid and live up in the middle of nowhere in Queensland. <clears throat> Anyone you know. Um, but on the other hand, I, I also don't feel I gel with with people who are too woo woo and are too, you know, because a, a lot of that tribe can get very pushy as well. There's still a lot of ego. Oh, in that, mate, in you that use tribe. the word you use the word tribe, and that's the perfect word for it. It's tribalism at its best. It's any any uh, movement or group of people with a set of beliefs, once that group gets uh, big enough and popular enough, it's like it's the group versus everybody with opposing beliefs, right, which is completely and utterly ego-based. But then once that group gets big enough, then the group starts splitting up and attacking itself in different factions. It's like, wow, you should be raw vegan and not cook things with vegan. No, fuck you, raw (laughs) vegans. And then they attack each other. And the spiritual people do it as well. It's like, oh, you think Archangel Metatron's in it's No, it's Archangel Michael. Bullshit. And they fight (laughs) each other. And I've seen it, man. I've been in, you know, doing in that, the healing. My business is the Center for Healing. I've seen this shit. And it's, I can't stand it. And it's one thing that we do now. Like, we teach these modalities and one of the things that we will never engage in is, you know, if people start to, you know, shit on other people's stuff and all that, I always remind people, I'm like, hey, we're all here. Remember this? We got into this because we're all trying to help people. We all got into this because we've normally been through something. We've seen suffering. We want to alleviate that unnecessary suffering in other people in the world. And that doesn't happen by us attacking each other. Now, we can have constructive discussions around, hey, how can we evolve this or make this better or which direction do we need to move in? But it's too easy for humans, especially online. Online has taken that tribalism element and ramped it up by 100. 
because now I can talk to people without it being face to face, and there's no consequences for my words. And yeah. I, 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 it, yeah, it saddens me. I'm not going to get stuck in my sadness, Nick, but I'll, it saddens yeah, me right. when I start to see that, and you know, it's not good. It, do- it doesn't sadden me because uh, uh, it's it all makes sense to me. And this is this is something that I've I've never felt normal. I've always felt on the outside, and I've always seen the world a bit differently. And yeah, you're not normal, and whatever. I concur. Thank you, um, and, and that's the that's that's the seats that I sit in all the time. Everything just makes sense to me. It all is happening magnificently and wonderfully, and, and nothing is out of place. And uh, we've moved up to Agnes. Yeah, I may struggle with it on a human or ego level. You know, when there's adjustments and and I've got to change models or. You know, that something new comes along, and I've got to figure it out on on that level. But underneath all that, sitting back from that, it's even that's happening exactly as it's meant to, and beautifully. Then we move to Agnes, and 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 you meet these people, and you know, it's a bit of a hippie community. There's there's lots of you know woke people up here or whatever. But the woke tribe is is horrendous. There's the Facebook group up here is just full of Toxic, just uh, it's 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 um, it's so impure. And there's a couple, you know, I've bumped into, a, and I've got to really be careful of not trying to say I'm pure and they're not pure, or I am this, or I am that, or I'm better. It's not about that. It's it's a it's a you know resonating energetically, vibrational. You can feel it, and there's a lot of people vibrating. Um, out of alignment, I think I'll put it, and and their head, their ego, their monkey brain is 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 leading the charge, but they're convincing themselves that they're vibrating on this pure level, and and they're not, and they're actually causing a lot of harm, and they're falling into all these traps, and it's just so interesting to watch, you know, because the, the, there's this illusion. That's what it's. There's this illusion of ah. Oh, you walk past and you're like, oh, that's interesting. You can't see that. <laughs> yeah, we were um, obviously involved with yeah, different groups and stuff through COVID down here. And it, it got interesting to me as well. Because once again, it's this tribalism thing. It just always happens. And it's like, you know, and I was very against the the, the government recommendations and all that. But, you know, I didn't have to. But what I was seeing is people would jump on and go, "Hey, all these, all the people causing division, they're wrong, and we need to take them down." It's like, but you're being divisive about the people who are causing division. And then I'm like, but then if I chime in and tell them they're wrong, then I'm causing division. And it's like, it's this, uh, this stepping back, you know, stepping back. And it's like if I, there's certain games that we choose to play in life, and certain places that we can put our energy. And for me, there's certain fights that I think are worth happening. Uh, if it's in alignment with my values and something that I believe is part of my path, but 95, maybe more, 98% of those battles and things that are very enticing to step into, it's far more beneficial for our own mental and emotional health to step backwards. For, for me, it's all about how much is my ego involved in this right now and is is my 
is that person's ego triggering my ego and going into this wrestling match? And is it is it my ego's opinions? Is it my ego's beliefs? Is it my ego's values that it wants to impose on this other person and create that dive? You know, what, what did you use before? Division. Dive, no, dive, yeah, division. Um, or am I coming at this on a from a from a place of equanimity and a place of love and compassion and that's where I'm very mindful. All right, I'm going to involve myself in this, but I'm only going to do so from that place of love and compassion. And it may on the surface look like Nick's um, being controlling and Nick's doing this, but I'm, I'm, you know, if I'm setting a boundary for somebody uh, or if if I get on social media and I, no, I don't even bother with social media anymore. That's, yeah. Uh, I used to, and then I was just like, uh, "There's no value in this." There's they're, not. They're not, uh, there's really not. They're not. They're not asking for it. They're not ready for it. They don't want it. So, um, yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll get involved, and only when I've assessed where it's coming from within me. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I found with those when I used to, you know, whether it was online or whatever, and want to get in those debates whenever. Pretty much every time, and I think there was a time that I, the ego wasn't involved, and I checked in, and I'm like, close my eyes, and there's this little like little gremlin in there going, get him, you know, let's <laughs> make make him wrong. Get involved, and then it's like, yeah, this is, and like you said, it's a wrestling match. Then two egos wrestling each other, and you think you're going to find some sort of peaceful resolution? By definition, it's impossible. It's um. But then you get then you get the 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 woke community as well having these like spiritually enlightened arguments and it's like uh, for those who haven't watched uh, I haven't watched him in a while but JPC is he used to do hilarious uh, piss takes of the woke community very funny um, comedian uh, on YouTube and whatnot and um, yeah you'd have like the spiritual people having a debate so like, I can see that you're projecting right now and that's okay because I'm economist about that and they go back and forward it's like oh for God's sake just say what you want to say you know <laughs> uh, so maybe uh, just go, step away for a bit and get your third chakra into alignment and then have a bit of a meditate and then we'll come back and we'll discuss it and it's just like the exact same thing as someone going you're a wanker you're wrong but I'm using spiritual language <laughs> uh, uh, what's what's coming to mind for me when when I listen to this is, is it's about balance. It's a bit there's tension. We need tension, but there's looseness, and we you know it's, it's about being in alignment again. It's um, the client that I was talking about earlier who said I'd love to to be on the podcast one day. The version of her that turned up was was very far out of alignment and because her ego had been the executive decision maker and and, and her conditioning and her nature and her karma and all these contributing factors it's, it's no one's fault it just was how how she was at that point and she she's done she's been so um courageous and and diligent and keeps turning up she keeps turning up and she's got herself into this space where she has the most wonderful awareness and the most beautiful oh and i did this and i fell into this trap and and i 
you know, the ego got involved there. So I went and apologized to my husband and because I threw him under the bus unnecessarily. And he's like, am I on candid camera here? What's going yeah. on? You know? And <laughs> yeah. and she's had a, a friend of 35 years reflect how much she's, you know, she's grown and evolved. And, and it was just, uh, and she said, she said, um, she said, I, I feel like my heart is my home. Oh, and, and to me, that's something that a client says that, that's, that's, that's not common, but it is common in terms when a client reaches a certain level, there's this common uh, theme there and, and it is that I've come home. And that's what we call. I've come home. I'm back in alignment. So I'm I'm integrated again. And I'm in a. I have a healthy ego. I'm in a healthy relationship with my ego. I am present. I am free of so many of the attachments I once employed. Uh, and and yeah, I'm I'm in this space, and I'm just like, just wow. Yeah, that's uh you said the word balance, and that seems to be a real yeah, head and heart balance. Cause most of us are just living up here all the time in the mind and we're locked in there. We don't feel like there's any other place to be. We might come into the heart for brief moments when we see have a beautiful moment with our partner, see a beautiful sunset, have some sort of experience, but then we pop back up into the head and we just ruminate, we overthink, you know, we're obsessed with it. Analyze this, analyze that, analyze hundred percent. And what your client's describing then is, yeah, it's like this journey home, you know, back into the heart. And then we use, we use the mind for life situation because the mind's awesome. Like we bloody sent people to the moon. The human mind did that. You know, he created the plans and did all the math and all that kind of thing to send someone to the moon. It's, it's really incredible, but we don't want to live. But it also, it also sent, it also sent millions to a guest chamber as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, so the way I look at it, like the, the mind is one dimension of our existence. And there's all these other dimensions as well. So there's nothing wrong with the mind, but it it's not ideal to spend all of our time on that dimension because we're missing all the well, other ones. What's the quote? It's the, the mind is a terrible master, but a wonderful servant or yeah. something. Yep. So, and, and that summarizes what mind fits here for really is is because and uh, you know we our minds are so powerful we they're so powerful that we can send millions to a fucking gas chamber or we can send a tinfoil hat on people to the moon or did we um <laughs> <laughs> or we can we, you know we, we can, can build an atom bomb to destroy things or we can build cities where millions so, of people live so uh, this is this is why I, I keep coming out of my um, just just being and I have to get back into doing because I want to take this to people. It's important to me to take this to people to help train their minds uh, in a way that creates that balance and frees them to exist and be here now in that heart space, um, but using the mind for good, not evil, if we want to use binary language around it um an untrained mind can just cause so much harm and havoc so i think it's imperative that we, we do this training and that's that's 100%. why we're not really doing therapy anymore we're, we are doing neuro training or cognitive training because it's um it's just important 
switch notes for a minute. I had this hilarious epiphany yesterday. Oh, yeah. It is, and I want, I'd love to unpack it a bit with you. It's easier for me to love a perfect stranger unconditionally or a client unconditionally than it is for me to love uh, Emma, my partner, unconditionally. Of course. Uh, of course. But, like, if you uh, really got to know that stranger, spent a lot of time yes. with them, then you would find yes. it more difficult to love them. No, but I get to know my clients very well. You know, if we do a 12-month program um, and then maintenance, yeah, I've got clients that I've of, of, uh, connected with for years and and there's no judgment of them. They're coming to, to, to this space and behold in this space and never, ever have I judged a client. And, and But I do judge them and I mm-hmm. do fall into all of these hilarious traps. And for me, that's you know, the karma is is my my relationships on that level. Um, and, and I just adorn them. I'm like amazing ability and capacity to hold space for people without judgment. And, but then as soon as M does something, I'm like, ah, that, that's different. The ego gets so involved in, in my relationship with her. Yeah, well, we're getting uh, challenged on a on a day to day basis, and the ego doesn't like to be challenged because the ego just wants it all smooth sailing. It wants to be right and everything to go nice and smoothly, and we don't have that. It's looking for itself in her. Yeah, it's like, can you please fit all of my little patterns and my idiosyncrasies and all of the experiences I've had that made up me, and not stimulate anything that feels any more uncomfortable? But then <laughs> we would- speak about you know the, the theme of this episode is like you know look at your life and what curriculum you're needing to take and you know life will show us pretty clearly the the lessons that we need to have i remember this literally the other day similar thing to what you're talking about i was driving home i think i was just out getting a coffee and this will happen a lot but i like maybe i think let someone in you know on the road Mm. and you know i love a good wave and whatnot and they gave me this wave that i just i really felt their gratitude and I like mm. waved back and I started like tearing up. It was like, I just, just I'm just this basic, you know, human interaction. <laughs> so I think something in me when there's these interactions, I'm like, we're all, we're okay. You know, it's all past the division and humans being weird. I'm like, we're all yeah. trying our best. Yeah. And then, home, home. and then I get home and then I get home and this is like, oh, I need you to take Tommy. I'm doing blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. And I'm completely <laughs> taken out of this really beautiful state of gratitude and love That's just because so my ego has been challenged. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so convenient that you do it. I would, it would be much preferable for me. Oh, what did, what did, and I literally, oh, so when we were on a golf trip, Em went to Melbourne for three days and uh, and she didn't really speak to me. And then the only, the, she got in touch with me when she wanted to know something for her dad. And then um, when I was driving home, I got a billion phone calls off her because she was wanting something for her son. So I still, uh, my ego was like, well, I'm not the priority here. And, I was having this really interesting time of it. And on one level, uh, I was like, there's no problem here. Everything's okay. The, the, I know that she loves me. I love her. Everything's fine. But on another level, I'm like, why? Who doesn't message their partner for three days? It was so far out of my conditioning and, and my understanding my models, it was such a different model to the model that I employ that it was spinning my cogs and I was having to work really, really hard on it. And 
what I noticed is distortion started coming because there was attachments. You know, I, I want her to call me. She should be calling me. This is this is this is what my beliefs is what a relationship is. And so the lens started changing, and I got home and we spent two days with our dad here, so I didn't really get to talk to her on this level. But then I, I got home the other night. And I just held her shoulder and I stared at her. I'm like, just give us a sec. She's like, what are you doing? I said, just give me a minute. I'm like, looking my eyes around. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just (laughs) changing all the lenses. I'm looking at you through these terrible lenses. And I'm like, ah, there you are. Ah, hi, honey. Ah, it's been a while since I've seen you. Ah, hi. And and I I literally had to do that. And then she just gave me the, the biggest hug and... And it was, everything was okay, but but I had to I had to really intervene and get involved. Yeah, yeah, it's that uh, like the area of your life where you can, in other areas, it's so easy for you to be a quantumist and sit and observe and be the being effortless, effortless. effortless. Yeah, but then yeah, and so I, I my my mind's crazy, so I know like my ego's involved pretty much all the time. I'm stimulated because I'll be with Melissa and this happened not long ago. And one day I'm like, yeah, I just bloody need some time. You know, need some time to work through what I've got, blah, blah. So she like, what I'm saying is take Tommy out and give me some time alone. Then like a day later, she'll be out with Tommy and come home. And I'm like, oh, you guys were gone a while. Jeez, I was getting a bit bored and lonely. <laughs> and then like, she goes, do you hear yourself? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's crazy, isn't it? So it's like, you know, but you've well, got to, uh... we've got to recognize, you know, you've got to, recognize like you did and go man i've got this distorted lens going on i need to uh break the pattern right it's like i need to i need to circuit break this thing so that i can we, i we can call, reset we call, it a, we call it a mental rep so it's catch laugh rewind change and uh, so catch have the awareness that you, you you've got this going on and then take a breath or laugh at how irrational your ego is being. Can you hear yourself ego? You know, Melissa asked you, can you hear your own ego? Oh, and we laugh. There's lots of laughter <laughs> at my ego. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and then you pull yourself back, pull yourself out of that destructive, attached, I must, you know, all that sort of judging and criticizing and condemning and then change, change the narrative, change the lenses, change the pathway that you're you're traveling on, and get back into your heart. And and ah, uh, oh, this is this is where it's important for me to exist with you. Um, and that may also look like you know, maybe me, you know, sitting in another room later on that day or something like that, and then me. Because when I remember b- before this, you know, in previous relationships and everything, I might realize that I was wrong with something. Oh, yeah, I was wrong and acknowledge it, but then just, you know, don't say anything. And that might be me then going downstairs and going, hey, babe, earlier today, yeah, I was wrong. And this is why. And, you know, I, I realized that. That's another type of circuit breaker as well. Because what yeah. I've seen far too often, and I've seen this in previous relationships, when those circuit breakers don't happen, and that th- happens through, you know, a lack of awareness on one or both parties, then- Days, weeks, months. It, 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 the ego really struggles to to be seen as imperfect. And if you've been wrong and then you're imperfect, the ego will internally process and go, yeah, we're wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not externally going to offer yeah. that to or, the Or it was like, maybe, yeah, I shouldn't have said that, but I'm justified in saying that because of these three <laughs> things that happened over the last two and a half years to me. 
<laughs> and and so without those circuit breakers, time goes past, and those lenses just become we normalize it. And you know, I've yeah. I've met you know a lot of men and women who are just like they're so bitter towards their partner, this person who they have to spend my god the majority of their life with. And it's because they haven't had these circuit breakers in place. They haven't had difficult conversations or laughed at how egoic they are or how egoic their partner is. And it's become a a temporary, uh, I guess, state has become traits in the relationship now and the normal. And then that becomes harder to circuit break the longer that goes. Totally. That's I why people go would... end up going to like you know, the couples counselling or doing these yeah. you know, big, big, big things that in the future. Well, well we, I think next episode we'll, we'll do an episode on relationships because we've got a lot of people at the moment coming in and we don't do couples counselling. Um, we work under the philosophy that the state, the health of the relationship is determined by the health of the two individuals co-creating that. So we work with the individuals and once we start taking their... And it's funny, we're doing some marketing at the moment or planning, playing around with it. Um, and I'm being asked all these questions, you know, what is mind fit and why is mind fit here and everything. And, and uh, I described it like we're just an optometrist. We're just helping people to change the, the, their glasses, change, change the lenses they're looking through. So when we work with the individual and change the lenses, and the lens is there because of the attachment, so when we help them to start letting go of their attachments, it creates this massive ripple effect into the relationship and their authentic self can be in a relationship in their heart space and the dynamics of the relationship will change as a result of the work that the individuals are doing. Uh, and, and so the, there's a lot of this coming in at the moment. So I think if we can spend some time doing a podcast and offering an overview or an insight and getting your thoughts on it as well. And, um, yeah, neither of us are perfect. Neither of us has the perfect relationship or so we're not going, coming at it from, from that perspective, but there are some real fundamental things that need to, to happen. Um, and one of us I'm chatting to a client about was you know, doing the work. We have to turn up and, and do the work in those moments and the eye behind the eye and everything. And as soon as you start focusing on what everyone else is doing, you stop doing your work and you think, well, this is all the work you should be doing and that you are doing. We're neglecting ourselves. That's where we start to come out of that balance. Um, so we need a, it's not a constant hyper focus or hyper diligence or hyper awareness. It's just a very gentle awareness. But we need that on our relationships too. We need to employ that. We get out what we put in. And a lot of people go into a relationship. I've done my work and now I just expect this relationship to flourish. And it's like, well, no. Are you sitting down and connecting? Are you talking about things? Are you, are, you know, what's happening when these two sources of energy come together? What's the chemical reaction here? What's the energetic reaction? Is one very closed off and, and afraid and environment? The other one's like, please open up. Please come out of your shell. And that's going to send that person, you know, so. I don't know. I'd love to spend some time with you, sort of pulling it all apart for people. Let's uh, let's unpack it. There's a lot. There's a lot to it. We'll get like a little teaser before we wrap up. But yeah, I was literally talking about this with Musa yesterday, and it's um, people have a version of this word, but it's work. Like you got to work at it. It's an, a relationship's an, an entity. It's a very important entity, and it takes work. Bre it's like breathing. Breathing is work. Mm -hmm. 
That's and work. It's, it's like saying, and, and people park it. They go, okay, I'm in a relationship. Yep, yeah, we're married or whatever. We're, we're in this thing for life. That's done. It's like me saying, I saved $100 when I was 25 and put it in my bank. All right, money's done. I'm finished now. It's like you got oh, to work at these things. We're going to go to a couples counsellor and, and do the work for an hour a week. We're going to go going to go to that appointment and we'll do the work in that appointment and we'll go home and fall straight back into And what we'll do, problems. we'll go to that appointment and find out all the ways that you're wrong and you're the problem in the relationship. Yeah. We'll get you <laughs> fixed and I'll be validated as right and then we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll get what I want, and yeah, and, and you'll then, be made then, wrong, which you are. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap it up, Nick. I think we've both got to be off. Um, yeah. Takeaway for me as that as that discussion kind of evolved, you know, for the people listening, just have a look at your life and go. You know, if you're listening to this show, you've probably got the blindfold off to an extent. You're aware of what's going on, and your life will show you where you're. Uh, curriculum is right now, you know, whether it's relationships, money, work, your health or whatever it is, look at these things, not as something that you're bad at or struggle with, but maybe it's your next area of study. And look at the tribe you're hanging out with as well. We are some of the five people we spend the most time with. So step back and evaluate your tribe, observe your tribe without judgment, but just observe, you know, the language that's been used and how they caught up in the drama. Are they, are they sympathising with you? And yeah, and that, that person's a bastard. You know, just to sort of step back and and evaluate um, your, your tribe as well. Essentially, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, sister. All right, peace out, everyone. We will see you next time. Thank you, Nico. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.